Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are talking about part two of not giving up on discipleship. Don't give up on discipleship. Uh, it's towards the end of the month of January. We, we like to reference the fact that this is when you're giving up on your diet. You stop going to the gym. You're get, you've already gotten on the phone and canceled the gym subscription membership. <laughs> Those first two life. weeks were awesome, yeah. but then you got busy with work, your family, your friends. And so, first of all, let me encourage you, stay on the diet, keep going to the gym. Yes. Um, hopefully I'm listening to those words myself yeah. uh, if I have uh, changed either of those. But also, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to ministry, we often give up on things that don't produce the results that people think we should have in ministry. Have you ever been sitting in your office working on something or working on a sermon in the middle of a meeting, overseeing it, and you get a call from somebody or an email and they want to swing by and meet? Hmm. And when you can't because you've got something else on the schedule and you try to give them another time, they say, what is it you guys do all day? Right. They have no idea, no idea. what pastors are doing. And I, the reason I mention that is because that happens, A, all the time. But I want to help, for those listening today, understand that when it comes to things like discipleship, evangelism, processes, programs, a lot of times we do, as leaders, try to take the easy road to say, what's working for so-and-so church? Let's take that strategy. Let's just plug it in. Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of those things that when it comes to discipleship is really unhealthy because the same thing will not work in every single church context if it's a program or strategy that's customized to a church. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to disciple making, the, be- the beautiful thing about what we teach at Replicate is this is what Jesus taught all of us to do. Yeah. And so when we talked last time, we talked about how there were three things that can be barriers um, to continuing on the pathway of making disciples. Yeah, let me stop you here before you go because I, I think it's important to know. Yeah. The discipleship ministry will work in every single church. Yes. Okay, we, we're, we're certain of that. And the reason we know that is this is Jesus' plan A for reaching the world. Right. Jesus never told us to go out and start churches, although we're the church. Jesus never told us to go revitalize churches. He never commanded us to go plant churches. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do these things. Right. But what I'm saying is Jesus knew that if we seek to grow a church, we rarely produce disciples. Mm. But if we seek to make disciples, you always grow the church and right. you always build the church. So we know that making disciples will work in every context right. except for the three, well, there probably more, but the three obstacles we're identifying yeah. which could derail right. a discipleship ministry. And I would even argue that the discipleship process will still work in that church. Still. But these three things have to make adjustments. These three things have to shift. And so we spent a lot of time talking about how the pastor, the key leader, is a linchpin in whether or not discipleship is going to be effective at the church. Because they, as the leader, can say that's just not the direction we're going to go in. Yeah. And we won't get back into that conversation. We talk a lot about it. But let's move on to the second part, the second barrier okay. that sometimes can derail us and, and often puts us in a position to say, you know what, I'm just not in it. I can't do it. I can't do it this way. Whatever our excuse is, we move on. And that is process. Yeah, well, let's take that last because I like that. Let's I want to save that last. Okay, let's say process for last and, t- and talk about Let's people. go about people. people. I, I, if it weren't of... for people, we could do a lot of good ministry. That's right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what the young pastor said, you know, when yeah. he first went to his church after the first year. They said, hey, uh, Brother Pastor, what do you love about your church? He said, the people. 
They said, what do you hate about your church? He said, the people. So I don't know what that means, but uh, the reality is people can be challenging at times, right? Um, but people are the, the means by which you make disciples and the means by which you spread the gospel. Yes. Okay, so here's what I would say. Uh, if anybody had reason to justify throwing the towel in for making disciples and just starting over and rebooting, it was Jesus. Mm. Think of how many times Jesus, after dealing with people, yeah. People letting him down, people making false promises, people turning their back when times got tough. I mean, I'll just give you a couple examples, okay? Yeah. Let's think of Jesus has these guys, they're trekking along. He says, let's go on a short-term uh, class exercise. We're going to go on a field trip, boys. A 28-mile journey north of Galilee to an unforbidden city called Caesarea Philippi. Wow. Now, when I take trips to Israel, we take the long journey by bus. But I try to get people to imagine this journey by foot. Ooh, now, I mean, how Cesar long would that take? Uh, it would take three days, two, yeah. two and a half okay. days by foot, okay. depending on how long you rest and stuff. But here's the thing. Caesarea Philippi was the Bourbon Street of its day. Mm. Okay, It was unforbidden. And I imagine as the disciples are following Jesus, their rabbi, to Caesarea Philippi, they're looking around saying, is he taken us to where I think he's taken us you know John's looking back to J James and said if, if our dad finds out we're here he'll kill us <laughs> because it was a Gentile place where Jews were forbidden to go to okay now when you get to Caesarea Philippi you're surrounded by that big area which was called the gates of Hades which was where the god of Pan was worshipped we see all this on our trip mm -hmm. but you're surrounded in the rock cliff by all of these false idols that are carved as statues in in the rock mm -hmm. face of the wall okay yeah. so Jesus takes them there and asks them two questions for the midterm exam okay you remember this number one is this who do people say that I am Matthew 16. Yes. Uh, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, some say one of the prophets. Yes. Okay. Then Jesus asks a pointy question, and the guy who is unlikely to get it right gets it right. Mm. Because Peter doesn't have the best track record, right? right. He's got a foot-shaped mouth like right. most of us. and so. But Peter gets it right. He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, no way you would have figured that out. God told it to you. Peter's on a theological spiritual high, yeah. and then he blows it because he's like us. Not long after he makes the no, amazing statement. Jesus says, okay, now that you know that, let me bring you in on a little secret. I'm about to die. Jesus says, I'm going to go to the cross. Right. I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to rise from the dead. Peter says, he looks around, he says, Jesus. Uh, he pulls him aside. He says, Jesus, um, you're, 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 uh, you're ruining the mood of the group here. I mean, <laughs> the, all this talk about death. I mean, the guys are yeah. trying to, you know, the morale's real low. Hush down with the death talk, right? We're coming to take over the world. Mm. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me. Get behind me who? Satan. Satan. Not Peter. Not Peter. Now, Peter's not Satan at that point. Right. But he's talking in a way like Satan would, which is trying to thwart the plan of God. Okay. Mm. So here are these disciples at the midterm exam. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense. And they're already misunderstanding the mission of Jesus. Okay. Mm. So Jesus could have said, man, I've just wasted a, a bunch of time with these guys. Let me start over with a new group. But he presses on. John yeah. chapter 6. He does not give up. Doesn't give up. John chapter 6. He's at the tabernacle. He's preaching all these people. They're all, I mean, he's at the Feast of Tabernacles. All these people are around him. Uh, Jesus gives him a hard teaching. Uh, actually, Feast of Tabernacles is in seven. Six mm -hmm. is he's given this hard teaching before yeah. the feast. Right. And uh, all these disciples are around him. And Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciples. And uh, all of a sudden, the Bible says, this is what the text says, 
many disciples yeah. turned around and left him because the teaching was too hard. Yeah. I, I mean, it is pretty hard when you when you think of that. Very hard. Second, you're like, wow. Very hard. Now, what he's not saying there is it's a misunderstanding of the text. He's not saying eat his physical flesh like cannibalism mm -hmm. and drink his blood like a vampire. It's yeah. not what he's saying. Good <laughs> to eat. Yeah, to eat <laughs> one's flesh and drink one's blood in the Jewish culture. It's a colloquialism for to follow them. It's the same idea for baptism. When you're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, you go under the water, that's true. But to be baptized into the name of someone mm. means to follow them, to live like they live, love like they love, yeah. and serve like they serve. Okay, so Jesus says this hard teaching. You're going to live like me and follow me and give up your life and, and even your own self. And they say, this is too hard and leave. And they leave. And Jesus looks to the other guys and he says, hey, you boys want to go too? So you got to understand the successful ministry, the, 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 the Jesus train of ministry is rolling. Mm. I mean, there are hundreds and thousands of people following him and Jesus prunes the ministry back to a roughly 12 again. <laughs> so he didn't have that staff meeting where he said, guys, I'm going to say this. Do you think they're going to, is that a good illustration? Yeah. What can we do <laughs> to get the most amount of yeah. people in the building? Last year we had a 1500. How do we get 1600? Yeah, we brought it. Well, you definitely don't want to say year. that bit about read, eating and drinking. You need, yeah. cut that. you need to cut that yeah. from the sermon. Yeah, and Peter, once again, is thinking, here we go again. You just talked about death. You almost lost the whole crew. Now you're talking about eating flesh. You almost lost everybody. And then Jesus turns to him again and says, you guys want to go? And it's Peter who speaks up again and says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of life. Okay? So we're going to come back from the break, and I want to give you one more instance yeah. where Jesus actually raises the bar and the disciples are, are tempted to fall away, mm. but he never gives up on discipleship. Mm. Well, today we want to talk about the Replicate Disciples Journal. The Replicate Disciples Journal is a great journal that you can take your here journals in. You can do your here journaling every day in this. Uh, five days a week is what we recommend. Take the weekends off to catch up on your reading. Those two reading plans, Foundations and Foundations New Testament, are found in the back. And what I like about the journal is it's basically a lay-flat journal. Like you, you can lay it down, take your notes. Lay you don't have to squeeze. Lay, you lay it flat on that. the table, and you can easily take notes in it without the pages As flipping over. As opposed to that regular book that you got to yeah. hold with your yeah, arm. You're pushing you know, down. Right yeah, <laughs> you're creasing the pages. But each day has the passage blank, so you can write. So you, even you can do a reading plan of your choice. If your church has their own reading plan, you can use the disciples, uh, Replicate Disciples Journal for that. Um, but it has a place for your here journals, a place for your daily reset. That's your relationship, environment, scripture, emotions, and thankfulness. Each day as you're kind of resetting your focus on God uh, from the reading and what God's doing in your life. And then your weekly rest and sermon notes. So a lot of space in here to keep track of what God's doing in your life spiritually. You can check it out at replicatejournal.com, replicatejournal.com to get your Replicate Disciples Journal today. And if you missed all that, because Chris sounded like an auctioneer. I was trying to sell go, micro machines. And I was, I was saying that would maybe be the fastest promotional piece I've ever heard in my life. It was pretty But if quick. you want to break that down and read what Chris said yes. so fluently yes. and so eloquently, Very. go to the replicatejournal.com. Replicatejournal.com. And we're back talking about people mm. and one of the things that can keep us from uh, continuing to make disciples. One of the things that makes us ultimately give up on the discipleship strategy. And so you talked a little bit about how Jesus had many opportunities to give up, but he did not. Mm. And so let's continue down that, that thought pattern because we want to get through uh, these two today. We've got two complete yeah. topics that we want to talk about. One is the people that keep us from uh, potentially continuing with discipleship, and the other is process we'll get to in just a moment. But let's summarize um, how do the people in our church sometimes 
have us giving up on the process of making disciples? Well, people can discourage us. Uh, people can be um, wishy-washy. People yes. can can uh, can come and go as they want and not be committed. So I would say what we learned from the page of Jesus is that Jesus never lowered the bar mm. to reach people because people will always digress back to a level of complacency, yes. a level of laziness, and it's your job as the disciple maker mm. to raise the bar. Yeah. So when a man follows, comes after Jesus and says, "I'll follow you," uh, but first let me go bury let me go bury my father. What does Jesus say? No. Let Go, the, yeah. yeah, let the dead bury the dead. Exactly. When another man comes up and says, I'll follow you, my parents are going to throw me a going away party. Uh, let me just go, you know, have some cake and eat it, and then I'll be back and follow you. Jesus says, no. No again, yeah. <laughs> uh, no one puts his hand to the plow and turns around as fit yes. for the kingdom. So Jesus never lowers the bar. Now, why do I say that? You're going to feel discouraged at time, times because every group is not always successful and gels and everybody gets along and they're so excited. Now, most of the groups will, mm. but don't let a bad apple or, or, or a bad group in a sense. I had one group one year, I've told you this before, but I had one group one year where I had five guys to start. The entire group disbanded two months in. Been there before. I, yeah. Been there before. And I had to relaunch the group with one sole guy. His name was Dallas. Dallas and I relaunched the group. Very Dallas, incredible <laughs> Dallas is a good name. Very good name. Yeah. Dallas and I relaunched the group and started over again. So I don't want you to be discouraged by people. Right. However, people can derail you from making sure. disciples. And so when we talk about dealing with uh, the pastor, we've got some ways to deal with that in, in previous podcasts and part one of uh, Don't Give Up on Discipleship. And then the second one is The People. And you're always going to be the great, like you said, the great thing are the people you have served with and the most challenging thing are the people that you serve with. And it's because we're people. So we're talking about ourselves when we talk about people. And the hardest person to lead is who? Yourself. Yourself. Yeah. I, I struggle so with So don't that. ever neglect. People, we forget to talk about this a lot, but in the discipling of other people, mm. don't ever forget or neglect the discipling of you. Yeah. yeah Jesus sure. is discipling you. The Holy Spirit is discipling you all the time. So don't neglect that part right. of the discipleship process. I would say that as you're making disciples, you are the one getting the most out of the, out of the whole thing. Yeah, you you're investing be. in them, but you're having to stay one step ahead, one step further. You're the one holding people accountable. The group I mean, will rise and fall to the level of the leader. Right. Everything rises. I had a lunch last week with a guy about uh, an organization that was kind of tanking, and and he's, mm. he made a comment like it all it's all about leadership. I said it's yeah. always all about leadership. Sure. And discipleship, same way. The group will rise and fall to the level of leadership you instill in the group. What I mean is this. If you're not reading your your, your, your Bible and doing hear journals, don't expect your people to. Right. If you're not quoting and memorizing Scripture weekly, don't expect your people to. Right. If you're not going to show up and lead the group correctly, don't expect your people to. I once heard someone say, we can't ex expect what we don't inspect. I think I heard that too. Or Maybe. you can't expect what you're not emulating. Both. I think Tim LaFleur coined both of those terms. No, he got them from me. But anyway, <laughs> but we'll let Tim think he got them. Okay, but, but let's move on. The final part is the process. And we saved the process for last. The entire ministry of Replicate is built on the process of Jesus' disciple-making model. Jesus discipled in five distinct groups, four of which we use in our— actually, I, I, we always neglect the fifth one, but it's a part of it. So you move from the congregation, the church you're at. Jesus had that congregation of 70 or 120. 
Then we move from there to the 12, which is our life groups. We move from the life groups to the D group or discipleship group of three to five. Jesus had a four-man group, Peter, James, John, him. And then out of the discipleship relationship, Jesus had close relationships with people, which, which that's where I talk about our relationship with Jesus. Someone gave me this insight a couple weeks ago. They said, don't you think that people have a hard time growing spiritually when they're not involved in the other three parts of the pathway? I never thought about this before. And what he said is, don't you think by moving along the pathway from, from the worship service to a life group, which is, which is a smaller group, to a discipleship group, which is a smaller group, to a one-on-one relationship with Jesus. He said, don't you think the other three groups actually prepare you for the spiritual growth of the time with the Lord? And I said, I've never thought about that, but it's right. He's right. And then the final one is change the world. So we change the world through the process. So here's what I would say. The results you're getting in your church or your discipleship group or your ministry or your nonprofit are a direct result of the process you have in place. Mm. If you're upset with the kind of disciple you're producing, it's a result of the process you've implemented in your church or the process you have inherited from the one before you. Well, and I think what you can look at too with this is you can see that we build our church or our own lives based on the results that we want to get. Just like you're saying, it's, it's a church would say, man, if we want to produce numbers, if we want to produce baptisms, if we want to produce people saying yes to Jesus, as if we can produce that, which we can't. But let's say we were trying to get more of that happening. We would shift everything in our ministry to produce that. So that's why you see churches structured around the idea of people coming forward and saying yes to something or people you know, getting into the baptismal waters. You see whole ministries built towards engaging that because that's the outcome you want. And so your process oftentimes is a result of we want to achieve this, so we're going to build this process to make that happen. Yeah, I'm going to say a statement that's going to offend some people. Oh, boy. But, I mean, I want to speak freely here. Oh, my goodness. Can I speak freely here? You can speak freely in this room. Okay, okay. We'll determine later whether we need to edit Edit this out. Okay, but here's what I want to say. (laughs) If you're hearing this, it didn't get edited. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. If you, brother pastor, uh, ministry leader, if you are satisfied with pastoring a shallow church of immature disciples and you're okay with the fact that you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus one day and give an account for that, Mm. keep making decisions. Keep baptizing people, patting them on the back, giving them a New Testament Gideon's Bible and saying, suck it up, we'll see you next week. Mm. Because that's what we're doing, okay? If we're going to be honest, I mean, let's take off the gloves and let's be honest. What we're doing is we are creating an environment where it's okay to be immature, and it's okay to drink milk, and it's okay to not grow. And that was never what Jesus expected. Jesus never envisioned that. Paul never envisioned that. The reason Paul's writing these letters or epistles Mm. is because he wants them to eat meat. Remember what he says to the Corinthians? I wanted to feed you meat, but you guys weren't ready for the meat, so I had to give you milk. Mm. But the expectation is for meat. And so, Pastor, here's the thing. What discipleship does is it moves your church from this shallowization mm. of the Christian life, yeah. from getting out of the kiddie pool. A lot of kids in the the kiddie pools, the the the, the shallow end of the pool is full. Yeah, <laughs> let's move <laughs> our there. Everybody's in the point. shallow end of the pool. Yeah, let's move people into the deep end. Mm. And and once you go to the deep end, you'll never go. It's like you when you go to the pool. The last thing you want to do is stay in water up to your your ankles. Mm. That's not fun. I imagine what kids do in the pool, and I immediately want to leave that area. Problem with me is, 
waters to my ankle. <laughs> the problem with me is I have to go way into the deep to get the right. water past yeah, my waist. I was you know say, I mean? I'm like, is there a deep end for someone? Like I go to six, most six. pools and it's up to my waist. You know, it's like, is this it? Nope, you're in the deep end. Okay, so for me, I've got to go way deep. Okay, right, but, right. but just because of my side. But the the thing is, most pastors have gotten complacent mm. to be okay with a church of people who are not okay. Mm. And just because a person says a prayer, just because yeah. a person recites a response time correctly, right. just because a person walks an aisle does not equate to spiritual maturity. We've said this before, but time or longevity in a church does mm. not equal maturity of a person. Yeah. Just because you're a deacon for 40 years, just because you're a choir member for 25 mm. years does not mean you're spiritually mature. Yeah. So the challenge, and, and I know we're kind of, going over the top here, but the challenge is this. We want you to see that you have an opportunity here to make disciples and move your people from the shallow end into the deep end. And I'm just going to tell you, from experience and pastoring churches that I have seen this work, there's no greater joy than to pastor a church of maturing, exciting, uh, spiritually uh, mature Christians I mean, there's no greater joy than preaching, preaching to a congregation of people mm. who come ready yeah. to receive the word every day. People in the congregation who are going deep into the word and yeah. living out the word and inviting. I'm just telling you, Pastor, there's no greater joy. Now, does it take work like you said? Yes. Yeah. Is it going to happen overnight? No. But the cool thing is it's a worthy goal mm -hmm. to invest your life in. Well, and I think the difference is do you want to be part of a process or do you want to implement a process that's part of a movement? Jesus started. That is the reason we're all sitting here. The reason we're talking. Yeah, about and I'll leave right this now. one one final note. We're not talking about adding an app to an already broken paradigm on mm. your cell phone. Yeah, we're talking about installing a new operating system. So some of you have an iPhone, mm. and you need to get an Android operating system so you can get new apps. Yeah. Some of you are trying to trying to onboard these discipleship apps into an already broken paradigm mm -hmm. that ain't gonna work yeah. you'll have some some you know some highlights of discipleship mm -hmm. you need to reboot the operating system of your phone mm -hmm. or in a sense get a new operating system yeah. that is discipleship programmable right so you can onboard new apps and i'm just mm -hmm. telling you these new apps are pretty amazing when you use them well that's a great word and that it makes me want to talk a little bit about something brand new we haven't talked about to this date but we're going to start talking about a lot more because it answers all of these things we just discussed, all okay. three of these barriers. And it's a book we've got coming out in June. Ooh. In June, we have you a book coming out called it. Replicate. I, I don't want to talk too much about it today because we want to uh, talk, but I do want them to get ready. Wow. You can probably already go on Amazon and pre-order if you want to, but it's called Replicate, uh, creating a disciple-making movement right where you are. Yes. And it is, lit It's it, you know, we talk a lot about all this stuff, and I think people sometimes leave the podcast thinking, well, what's my first step? Yes. What do I, and I think you can find those answers in the podcast and our replicate training. You can find them in our you cohort. You have to dig deep, though, to find them. You have to dig deeper than just, you know, what what's the thing I listen to. But I think what the book does, and the goal with the book is, if you read this and you, and you work through this stuff, you're going to be able to implement all of the things we're talking about with ease. And so I'm excited about that. We'll be talking a lot more about that in the future. But for now, if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend. You can share it via text. Yes. Just shoot somebody a text right, right now, now and say, you need to listen to this. Um, there's a or little there's a little this. box with an arrow on it. That's the share icon. Yeah. On whatever you're at. That's just the universal Even share Even better icon. would be go online and arrow. review. 
I've seen that. Go online review. Review yes. review and give us a uh, we we're biased to five stars, but you don't have if to. If you want to be next level, you could do both of those things. Ooh, that would be awesome. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube by searching for Replicate Ministries. Please subscribe to the channel so we can get our own unique replicate URL. That's what we're working towards with the YouTube channel. And as always, thanks for joining us today on the Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.